Whether our goals are related to our personal or professional lives, having a coach in your corner can be the difference between achieving those goals or not. Hear from the business, health, and life coaches who care about putting you on a path towards success on the Coach's Corner Podcast. How are you guys doing? I'm Tony Arce. Welcome to the Coach's Corner Podcast. Today, I'm joined by life coach Arsemiris Galva. Arsemiris, thank you for being here. Thank you, Tony, for having me. It's a pleasure. Likewise, um, we've had quite the conversation already. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so I'm very excited to jump into this because I think um, while we were at a very high level conversation, I think uh, you know the, the purpose of this and and really the I think the the purpose of what you do is to bring healing and to hopefully end suffering for a lot of people and you know through through your truth, right? Um, so, but tell me about how you got into this because being a life coach is kind of a newer thing for a lot of people these days. It is. And I think it was uh, a new thing for me um, because I didn't intentionally go out there looking for it. It was just something that came across in my path in a season where I had technically, quote unquote, as they would say, I had accomplished everything from the degrees to, you know, the home, the American dream. Right. 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 Um, the societal expectation of success. Yes. And even for like my parents are from the Dominican Republic, just like even their expectations. I checked off every list. But there was something deep in. And I remember sitting in my in, in my living room and just asking God, I do believe in God, um, so you'll probably hear me saying God, but I remember asking God and saying, like, is this it? There must be something more to life than just these boxes that we check off um, in society. And I was in this journey of just wanting something more. And ironically enough, I think that when we talk to God, he always hears and he will answer. Always. And so... <laughs> Um, one of my cousins who's a dentist, she um, came across this uh, program um, that pertains to coaching. And she's like, hey, let's try this out. And I'm like, sure, let's let's do it. I was always up for learning. I mean, it was something that was ingrained in me was to just education and higher education. So <clears throat> I took this course not knowing that I was going to become certified. <laughs> but while we were taking the course, um, it was evident and we were just like, our lives would never be the same. You know, the approach yeah. of just the way to look at life and, and just even seeing it from my spiritual perspective, I'm like, yeah, my life would just not be the same. And so I became a life coach. Um, That's amazing. And now just something that, um, that you had put down was that you coach women who are not only business owners, but also ministry leaders. So, you know, more more so in that leadership kind of, uh, uh, yeah, providing also probably guidance and mentorship to others, but yeah. to heal from toxic relationships, both platonic and, you know, romantic ones, but past hurts, right? Yeah. And I think relationships are such a key thing that sometimes relationships just aren't even the people, right? You can have relationships to food or to whatever, mm -hmm. but that usually stem from, from people. And so how, one, did you come up with that specific, you know, demographic, but then two, uh, what are some of those steps that, that you take when you do meet someone to get them on that path to healing? Yeah. Um, I didn't necessarily like define it. I think it was defined for me through life. Um, I was married for 10 years in a very um, toxic relationship while still being a coach. And in the midst of that, um, you know, I did feel, I felt like a hypocrite. Like, I'm not gonna lie, I felt like a hypocrite um, to a certain extent because what I was learning and or what I had learned and what I was continuing to learn, I understood that the way I was living was not matching up. There mm -hmm. was something wrong. 
And so therefore, even when I, in my initial walks um, doing coaching, I understood there was something like inside of me that kept on. And I will definitely say like, again, God, um, that really was speaking towards women. I just didn't understand how. Um, and it wasn't until I went through like the rock of the rock, um, bottoms with my marriage and just going through my brokenness, having to understand my childhood and how that was then being reflected in my adult life, especially in my marriage and then in my business, that it almost like it just became crystal clear. Like you're not just going through this in vain. This is something that you will later on use um, to help women. Because yeah. I, had, I had the theory. Yeah. And now it was like my turn to live it. What did you, going through it, one, if you could kind of identify with the, not only your clients, right, but the prospective clients, people who are listening that say, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, my ears are perked up, I'm hearing, or maybe I'm, I'm in a similar situation. But, you know, take me through the person that you were, that you identified with, and you know, today, what does that look like? How have you evolved through the work? Mm-hmm. So I might not be, this might make some people uncomfortable, I was that awful woman. Um, <laughs> was? <laughs> was. That wonder woman, that busybody. You know, today society calls it the boss babe. I just, I literally fulfilled everything the society looked up to as a woman who was successful. However, I was very much broken inside. Mm-hmm. I, I was really, um, I was great at putting up masks. So I struggled a lot with rejection. Um, I struggled a lot with shame. And I struggled a lot with fear of acceptance. Um, My voice, you know, it's interesting because, yes, I did a lot of public speaking and whatnot, but I didn't have a voice, if that even makes sense. No, for sure. And so just going through the through the process of working on myself and my healing through different means, um, both professional, right, and then also spiritual, you know, it. you cannot, I always say, you have to know your past and make peace with your past in order to be able to look at your future and be at peace with the future. So there's nothing conflicting. Like, there's an effortless flow. Yeah. And so today I would say that I am a woman who I don't put labels to myself, so I don't consider myself as that awful woman or anything like that. But I do say that I am a woman who is at peace with herself. And I continue to work in that peace because, you know, as time goes by and as you're living, we're both alive. And so we're experiencing life. We'll experience hurt. And some of these hurts will probably be a trigger. And so I see those as an opportunity to work on myself. Um, yeah, to work on myself. Um, it's almost like going through like ex- an exploration. You're going, expl- I'm exploring who I am more and more. It's like a, like an internal vacation. And in that internal vacation, I'm also, you know, learning my identity and, and whose identity I have, which for me is in Christ. Um, and so th- I feel like I'm more solid than who I was before. How do you balance that? Cause I think it's such, um, you know, I, I think we've, we've kind of seen, uh, the evolution of religion, spirituality, faith, you know, Christianity, whatever you want to, you know, call it. I mean, for us, it's that, right? But that it wasn't accepted. You couldn't even talk about it, and especially in government and in certain institutions. It was very taboo everywhere. Like one of the things you always heard was you don't talk about politics and religion, right? 
but it seems as there's a lot more hurt and suffering in the world. I mean, it's just a, it's it's continuing to grow. You, suicide, all those these mass shootings, and this, that, and the other. Do you find that that has kind of evolved to where people are more accepting of it now? That you know, it's part of everyday conversation, or at least um, people are more willing to be open to it, even if they're not exposed to it. How do you balance that with your level of commitment to your faith versus someone who's in their suffering, looking for answers, but doesn't have that necessarily um, religious or spiritual or whatever it is that you want to identify with, but background. Mm-hmm. Well, first I would say um, I do believe we're spiritual beings. We could ignore the fact that we're not, but I think just even looking at society, looking at 2020, we came to a space where it's like it just became so vivid. That picture, that visual picture became so vivid that we're so finite. And there is something more than just us. Um, not going to get emotional. Um, it's okay if you do. Yeah. Um, and so, therefore, I think people are more, however they want to define this, I think people are more inclined to spirituality, a belief, because we've gotten to a place where we understand that we can't do this alone. Like, we just can't. And so, therefore, something more is needed. And so, for even with a lot of the clients that I get, um, the pro, like my service is faith based. Um, I come from a faith based approach. I will I will rephrase that. Um, a lot of my clients that do come to me, they are either um, they either believe or they're curious and they're open to receiving, let's say, coaching services with that faith approach. And so, in in a weird and odd way. Yes, we see the world and we see kind of the direction that it's going, but it's also given us an opportunity um, to open up and to speak about this, yeah. right? Because we can't no longer overlook it. It's like kind of in our face. Like, yeah. I'm here. You need to address the elephant in the room. Wow. No, and, and man, it's I, I, like I said, I, I think I see it and um, I'm hopeful of it too. Now, when you talk about those people that are curious about it, what do you find most often that um, is the case for, for, I mean, I know everyone's different, right? But is it that, I guess in my experience, what, the, where I'm coming from is that people ask or, or have a, a perception of religion, spirituality based on, you know, the way that others have projected it onto them or have used it in a manipulative and, you know, kind of extreme way sometimes, right? But for others, it's that they just weren't exposed to it. So, like, what for you is has been your experience in terms of that that curiosity? What is it led by that people are gravitating towards? So, the word that always comes to mind when I'm asked this question is that they've already tried all these other things, and now they want to give this a shot. They want to literally give God an opportunity. They want to see what this is all about. Um, you know, and specifically for me, it's when it comes to healing, right? They've tried these different avenues and it just hasn't worked. And so they're they're more inclined. They're just open. They're like, all right, let, let me just try this out and see where this takes me. Okay. And what, in terms of the obstacles that you have to overcome as a coach, right? Whether it be from the individual, maybe listening to it and they're like, I'm curious, but what about for other coaches who... I'm sure you would like to see them incorporate more of the faith-based approach, right? Or if they're like, if they're listening because they're interested in that or leaning towards that, what advice would you give to both? You know, one from an end of, of the, the, the client, the one seeking the help, but also from the coach who's hoping to adopt more of that um, approach. 
Yeah. So I'm hoping I'm understanding your question right. But I think our content has a lot to do with how um, we bring in um, the people or attract the people, right, the clients. And so one of the things that I know I do is I make sure that my content is speaking directly to the client that I serve by pinpointing, you know, those pain points. Yeah. Right. And so and then also describing what are the solutions that I have to offer. And so I think it makes it really clear. I think communication just in any relationship is crucial. So I think um, I make it really clear um, right beforehand my approach. And so therefore, the people that do come to me now, not back then, but now they're really clear as to number one, what is it that I help with? What are the solutions? And like, what are those methods that I use to help the person receive those solutions and yeah. those outcomes? Now, you mentioned being spiritual beings, right? And that we're spiritual beings. Obviously, we're having a human experience through that. What do you find, if any, because everyone's looking for that magic you know, potion, that, that pill, right? But at the end of the day, do we share something so common that we're all kind of looking for that same thing, right? Mm-hmm. Whether um, it be to experience love or the fullness of life or whatever that is that we're all kind of longing for. What is it that you find that regardless of where we're coming from, whether it be faith-based, whether it be a curiosity of faith, but is there a common denominator that you find that once you kind of bring that to light, it's what ties us all together and how we can identify with each other's pain and, and even you know, joys to some extent? Yeah. So it's funny because I don't I always say this. I'm like, I don't have a magic wand. I don't. <laughs> um, but nice to, though, right? It'll be nice. It'll make life a lot easier, <laughs> at least for me. Um, but I think what I've been able to see and in, in, in what I've been able to observe with the women that I serve is that, I, again, I think we live in such a fast paced um, society. That's just kind of been our lifestyle. Busy, 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 busy. And you know, to a certain extent, anything on the opposite end of that is uncomfortable. And so I do encourage a lot on practicing moments of stillness. And why? Because I think here in that space of stillness is where you're able to sit with yourself and and God, your higher being, right? And you're able to discover more and more who you are. And so You know, yes, even that shadow, right, that we tend to put underneath the rug, so that ugly stuff. And so I think the more and more we are able to connect with ourselves and our creator, the more we're then able to connect with others in a healthier way, not toxic. So I'm going to say parentheses on toxic. Um, It makes it really hard to connect with other other individuals. And we'll see this even in relationships. We'll see this in business where you'll feel like there's a wall. And I'm always like, I'm of the understanding and belief that there's if there's a wall, there's a reason for that wall. And the best way that I could describe this is, you know, we talk a lot about that inner child. Children, they get along. The first time they can meet some a random child, and, and especially at the park, and they just talk to each other. And it's like they don't know each other. They don't even know their background, but they talk to each other. The moment a child gets uncomfortable and runs, it's because there's something there that's not safe. And so we have that concept and that belief that we, like, let's say right now we're seeing each other. If we're not able to connect, there is something there that that child is letting us know. There's something that my child or your child does not feel comfortable with. And so to me, that's healing. It's addressing it, leaning in versus leaning out. 
Does that make sense? hundred percent. Yep. Now you mentioned being, you know, this alpha male, uh, and you know, whatever the, the, the label is that one uh, gives or identifies with, but do you find that in those ways that even chasing success for you, right? That, um, as you identify with some of those pains and hurts and say, well, I did all these things, but there's still this healing that needs to be involved. And so on some end, we use even success as a coping mechanism or chase it. And, and a lot of times what I find is that when people arrive there and, and get to that success, they're like, oh, well, I, I didn't actually heal. Like all these things I thought would bring me this joy, this happiness, this peace, this love or whatever didn't happen. So in that identification, though, as you work with even yourself or clients, do you find that some of those uh, identities then go away? So if you're an alpha male or you're shy or whatever it is, you know, antisocial, hurt, but because you've addressed the healing, does it then really evolve you as a person and your personality? And, and what changes? What Talk to me about more so that, that, that that's outwardly that people see and are call a personality, right? Yeah, I think you evolve. And I think you make peace with the labels. You know, a lot, may, many could believe that even boldness, someone that's bold, the way they'll probably describe it is someone that's loud, obnoxious. And the reality is, to me, my understanding of boldness is someone who has become, who has accepted the full embodiment of who they are. That right there, who they are. Because I've been around, in, I've been in spaces where I could be amongst a woman who's quiet and they could label her as shy. But the moment that woman speaks, everybody stays quiet. Right. To me, that's boldness. Um, success, that word, you know. I had, to come, I, had to, I had to come to a place and make peace with that word of success because success was what actually brought me to the place where I'm at here today. The word itself, the way it was defined and the way I understood it back then, today, I understand that, and when during that moment of pivot, I understood that at the end of the day, I had to define success. Success to me looks very different than what it probably looked for you right. and the person next to me. And so, yeah, you know, some people, for them, success is having all these labels. To me, success has nothing to do with labels. Do you find that you share more of that definition of success with your clients as you both evolve, right? Because even I'm sure there's a lot of learning that happens on your end as you in compassion along with that for other people's stories and not we don't all have the same stories. But again, success can be defined differently for everyone. Yeah. And so for you, do you find, though, that those labels of success do start to change and evolve to look more similarly as we identify with kind of our true nature? Yes. The more, and at least with what I've seen with the women that I work with, the more they work on themselves and r instead of running from who they are, just really sitting, sitting with their emotions, sitting with their thoughts, you know, sitting with their past and, and even question, challenge, um, they then become, it's like a new identity is developed through there. And a new definition, if you want to put it that way, a new definition of success comes up. Absolutely. And part of that, too, and what I'm, one of the things we had kind of touched on was some of those traumatic things that happen in life, right? And one of the things we had asked me about, just how I'd overcome something or you know, mm -hmm. the, the brevity of maybe the, 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 the healing. But do you find that as those things that life kind of hits you with, you're also able to handle them better. And and through that understanding and that lens of not being hurt or taking things personally, right, that I also feel like it's that attitude of gratitude towards life, that sometimes we can see things like, 
oh, this was taken from me. But the reality is it was given to you before it was taken. And the fact that you had it for as long as you had it should be a place of gratitude versus seeing it like loss, right? But that takes a lot for a lot of people to get to that point. Where do you find that that kind of evolution really does happen for people on their healing journey of being able to then handle the new things in life, right? Because life is going to keep happening to you, mm-hmm. that, that they can handle it in a better way, right? Is it something that people can feel hopeful for, like with you and, you know, in, in, a, in a single session? Or is that something that, that does take a long time to evolve to? So with healing, I think it's an ongoing thing. Um, depending on the situation, it could be something that could be done in an instinct. And then it could also be something that could be done over time. Yeah. Um, you mentioned something really important, and it's when, you know, something is taken away from you. And, you know, especially in relationships, a relationship ends and it could be something really hard and you could be angry. and You're like, man, you know, why was this taken? Why was this person taken from me? And it's interesting that it's not until within time, time passes, you put in the work and because there's two things. You could either stay stuck there or you could put in the work and and just see what is it that you could learn from this situation and if you do choose to learn from that situation, from that experience, I do see, I do see, and I do understand that you come to that conclusion of acceptance and like, this was actually not taken from me. This was an opportunity. Yep. And I'm grateful for it because of that situation or that experience. I am who I am today, right? And so you'll probably see people where they repeat cycles, right? <laughs> um, And I believe that when we're in that cycle of repeating and repeating, it's because we haven't been able to just sit still and process what we experience. And this is why you probably see people jumping from one relationship to another or from one job to another, from one business to another, because they're running. They're literally on the go. Right. But when you sit still and you like literally sit with what you whether you need to take a sabbatical or, you know, go on a getaway, but just sitting and just understanding, like, why did this really happen? Because here's the thing. I think we internally we know when something's wrong internally. It's we have those little red flags like, hey, something something's wrong. Now we choose to ignore it. And so when we're able to sit still and actually realize, man, but I've been feeling this way all along. I knew there was something wrong. When you listen to yourself, I think that's the the changing point. Man, all good stuff. If people want to follow you or learn more, connect with you, where where can they find you, whether it be social media or on your website? So I'm on social media, um, Facebook, Instagram, all of those good you know, platforms. Um, but then I also have my website, coachrsamaries.com. Um, you can follow me there as well. Like check out all the programs that I have to offer. And awesome. Well, Arsimides, thank you so much for coming in, uh, being a part of this and just your wisdom and your story for sharing uh, with our community. Awesome. Thank you, Tony, for having me. It's been an honor. Mm-hmm.